Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here on The Truth. Joined once again by Levi Graham. Levi, how are you doing here today? I'm doing great. Ready to talk about some college basketball. This is another college basketball podcast. I brought Levi here once again, who claims to be a college basketball analysis. But anyways, guys, we are going to be going over Andy Katz top 36 ranking. I'm going to probably be doing this every week. Whether or not Levi is able to join me or not, I'm still going to go ahead and do it because I want to get some more college basketball podcasts here, especially as we get closer to March. And I believe this is week seven of the rankings. So, you know, we missed the first six weeks, but those were mostly boring weeks anyways with a lot of, you know, non-conference performances. There were some conference performances, but now we're really starting to get into the swing of things and really get into the college basketball season underway. So we are going to go over the top 36, starting from 36 all the way to one. It should be, you know, like a relatively quick summary on each team by both of us. That way we can give our insight and analysis and then go on from there. So starting off at number 36, College of Charleston, what do you got for them going into this week? College College of Charleston, they are 12-1 with one loss. They beat Virginia Tech, which is a pretty good basketball team. Um, I don't buy the hype at this point of Charleston. They're probably going to win their conference, the CAA, but, and probably get an upset, but I just don't buy the hype at 36. They're interesting. I think the biggest storyline is they are on that 11-game winning streak, and their one loss, loss was to number one North Carolina at the time, and they really didn't get killed. I mean, they lost by, like, 16, but at North Carolina, and that's definitely some room for improvement. Overall, their biggest storyline has been their offensive production. You know, three-pointers, they're 16th in the country at three-point field goals a game, which is huge. And they're also 41st in points. So they're scoring a lot of points, especially in the Colonial Athletic. That's going to be huge for them moving forward and, you know, being able to have their success. So I'm not sure how I feel about them right now, but, you know, they've had a pretty solid season. They also haven't played really big names. Their only big win, in my opinion, was Virginia Tech just because, you know, they're Power 5. But overall... I'm curious to see how they play moving forward. Number 35, Providence. Providence. They had a good win against Marquette the other day. They're 10-3, and and I like them at 35 here. Yeah, Providence is always an interesting team. I always feel like they always play a pretty hard non-conference schedule. Um, Then they're also in the Big East, which has kind of developed into one of the more premier college basketball conferences you know in the nation overall they're sitting at 10 and 3 right now having 81.3 points per game has definitely been something they're also good on the boards they're having great production and offensive rebounds and total rebounds and especially when you get to some of these big east games this is going to be huge for them as far as big east success and potentially making a run at the big east championship this year switching gears to the big 10 and penn state at 34 penn state nine and three with their best win being it's Illinois, I don't buy the hype at this point. Yeah, honestly, as a Big Ten fan or, you know, following the Iowa Hawkeyes, Penn State's kind of been at the relatively bottom of the pack for, you know, a couple of years now. And overall, I don't know how I feel about Penn State. You know, they're a well-sought-up program, but overall, I think their biggest success comes from their defense and having good defensive you know rating and all that stuff and their defense has been pretty solid I do expect as Big Ten play comes around they're going to need to get more offensive production but sitting where they're at right now you know they had a pretty solid start you know they won at Illinois which at the beginning of the year was great Illinois has kind of fallen off the radar they've lost to Michigan State lost to Clemson so some of those big matchups there they haven't been able to come through curious to see how Penn State continues to go moving forward West Virginia at number 33 
West Virginia, Bob Huggins, great coach. Um, but their best win is against Florida, who's 7-5. So I don't know how they're going to fare in Big 12 play, which is probably the premier basketball conference. So I'm a little bit skeptical of this team right now. I agree with West Virginia. There's a lot of uncertainty, especially with how good the Big 12 conference has been. They did lose to Purdue, who is the number one in this ranking. And overall, um, you know, they're a solid team. You mentioned Bob Huggins, a Hall of Fame coach. But really, when you get into the Big 12 conference play and really playing some of these teams, you know, like Kansas, Baylor, Texas, that's where you're going to really learn a lot about them. They're doing good at points. Um, That's expected, especially when, you know, you're playing a lot of non-conference opponents. And overall, they're really good. And the biggest question mark is, are they going to be able to play against the Big 12? I'm not so sure, just because of how good the Big 12 is. But they could be one of those teams that's a surprise moving forward. 32, Rutgers. Rutgers, they beat Wake Forest the other day, and the, their defense is special. Cliff Amorori is a stud, and I think this is a sleeper in the Big 10. Yeah, Rutgers every year as far as, you know, overall production is going to be from their defense. And their defensive rating is 80.3, which is fourth in the nation. That, as of itself, speaks volumes, especially in the Big Ten Conference where you have a lot of these high-scoring teams that are going to score a lot of points. Being able to stop those offenses and score the bare minimum, I guess you could say, as far as, you know, getting enough points to win those big matchups is going to be huge for them. And overall, defense wins championships. I'm a firm believer of that. And I think with Rutgers, their skill set, being able to be more improved this season offensively, I'm really liking to see where Rutgers can, you know, become and hopefully, um, you know, maybe have a chance to win the Big Ten this season. The Iowa State Cyclones at number 31. You know, I don't know what to take of this. They got absolutely cooked by Iowa a couple weeks ago. But they did do have a win against North Carolina, so... I don't know what to take of this team. I say they're they're okay at thirty one here, but nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, you know Iowa State got absolutely throttled by uh, Iowa. Uh, we both were watching that game, but they're always confusing because you lose to a team like Iowa, which again it's a rivalry game. It might be expected, but then you go ahead and beat North Carolina. You know, before that, it just doesn't really make sense. It's up and down. Defense is obviously huge for them. Talking about defensive defensive rating, they're ninth right now, which is, you know, obviously very good. One thing that scares me, especially in the Big 12, where there's a lot of high prolific offenses, and you're going to probably get into some games where there's some shootouts, they're 210th in points per game at 70.9. And I understand that offense is not necessarily everything, but if you're 210th in the country, and probably one of the best, if not the best, conferences in all of college basketball, that's very concerning, in my opinion, especially when you go up against some of these other Big 12 teams. So defense does win championships to an extent, but what separates Iowa State and Rutgers is Rutgers is a bit more established on the offensive side. But if Iowa State's able to fi- figure out the offensive side, I'm really excited to see where they're going to end up becoming moving forward. Kentucky at number 30. I agree with this. Kentucky, their best win is against Michigan, and I think they're right where they should be. They're kind of struggling 9-3. and three for Kentucky for a a really good basketball school. So I think they're right where they should be. Yeah, Kentucky, I mean, they're always interesting. They're always one of those teams that's projected to be, you know, almost win it all every single year. You know, they lost to Michigan State. They lost to Gonzaga. They did beat Michigan. So kind of up and down season thus far, as far as SEC play is concerned. Got a big matchup coming up on January 7th. They'll be taking on Alabama. On the road, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for them yet and really where you're going to learn a lot about Kentucky. 
Because at the end of the day, they're Kentucky. And right now, they're really solid in everything. Their biggest, I guess, success has been rebounding. Um, they're ninth in both offensive and total rebounds. So that's going to, you know, prove dividends moving forward. Um, they've always had, you know, big size, big second shoot, such as Carl Anthony Towns. Overall, I'm really excited to see Kentucky moving forward. But coming up in the SEC specifically is where we're really going to see if they're battle-tested enough. Indiana at number 29. Indiana 10-3. and three, They're way underrated at 29. Trace Jackson Davis is special, and their three losses were against Rutgers, U of A, and another great school. It was Kansas. So, yeah, I think they're way lower than they should be. Yeah, Indiana is another team that you're going to learn a lot about, especially as you come into Big Ten play. They obviously were sleepers last season. Everyone knew that going into it. Um, they share the ball well. They're 21st in steals. But you mentioned Trace Jackson Davis. Um, you know, he has been injured, so that has kind of faltered their success a little bit just the last couple of days. But overall, um, we'll be able to see if he gets healthy or not going into Big Ten conference play. And this Indiana Hoosiers team is really rough, well-rounded. Are they going to be able to play both sides of the ball effectively? Because obviously passing the ball, they're on that top notch. But playing good defense and, you know, obviously scoring a lot of points is going to be huge. They got a good team on the defensive side, really solid points per game. I'm really excited to see Indiana go into Big Ten play. 28 LSU. LSU at 11-1 and one with a good win against Wake Forest. Uh, K.J. Williams is a good player. I'm not buying the hype yet, but if they beat Arkansas in their next game, I'll buy the hype. Yeah, you look at LSU um, and you look at some of the other teams in these Power 5 schools, non-conference, they didn't really play the greatest non-conference. Actually, they didn't really play a big non-conference. Their only challenge was Kansas State, uh, which was on the road, and Kansas State obviously sitting at that 11-1 record. And some of these games, especially against like North Carolina Central, UT Arlington, um, you know, some of those teams like that, even UMKC, they were close affairs. So they're 11-1, and one, but they're playing in a lot of close contests. You go into the SEC with a school like Kentucky or Bama or even Arkansas, like you mentioned, that can be concerning. Their offense hasn't been great. Their defense has been fine. I just feel like they're a little bit too congested as far as final score, um, which is obviously the most important stat, and that's concerning going into SEC play. Speaking of Kansas State, they are the number 27 team. I think this Kansas State team is pretty good. They beat LSU, and they have one bad loss uh, with their new coach, Jerome Tang. I think this team is going to be in the tournament, and I think they're properly rated at 27. I don't know how I feel about Kansas State yet. I feel like it's a similar situation with LSU in the fact that I don't know too much about them because their non-conference was was all right. I mean, I, I guess when you go into the Big 12 and you play some of these big, prolific schools like we keep mentioning – especially early on, that's where you're really going to learn a lot. And the biggest part is towards the end of the season and putting yourself in the position for the Big 12 tournament and then ultimately hopefully the NCAA tournament. They're just kind of middle of the pack and everything. Their one bright spot's been defense. They've had really solid defense throughout the season. They also share the ball really well. So they have the recipe to have success. The biggest question mark is can they compete and will they have success down the line? Memphis at 26. Memphis, they're 10-3 and three with wins against Auburn, Ole Miss, and Stanford. I think this team is a little bit too high, so I think they should be around 30, but I think this is a good Penny Hardaway coach team. I actually think they're a little bit underrated. You mentioned some of their losses. Seton Hall, they only lost by one on the road. Seton Hall's no joke. They're just you know a relevant Big East team. They lost to Alabama on the road by three. 
that could have been a big win for them. Then they also lost at St. Louis, which is a tournament team. So I don't think that, you know, they should be ranked this low. I definitely think Penny Hardaway has done a good job in Memphis, and they play hard. They play very efficiently. And moving forward in the AAC Conference, where they have a pretty solid chance to win, um, I think their biggest challenges yet are UCF and Houston. We'll see. But I really do think they're a little bit underrated. They probably deserve a little bit higher of a ranking. Michigan State, 25. Okay, Michigan State is way overrated at 25. They're 8-4 and four yeah. with losses to Notre Dame and Northwestern. Um, I don't think they should even, should even be on this list. Yeah, well, that, the thing is with Michigan State, it's Tom Izzo, it's Michigan State. You, you see schools like this that really just don't aren't having the greatest of seasons, at least to start. They still get this ranking because it's Michigan State. It's one of those household names. But I completely agree with you. Being at ranked 25, that's completely disrespectful to a lot of the teams below them. Hell, just the last thing we talked about Memphis, I'd put Memphis ahead of Michigan State in a heartbeat. Again, Big Ten play. Um, you already lost to Northwestern, which Northwestern hasn't really been prevalent in anything. Um, you know, and moving forward, they got a lot of big matchups. You know, they got Michigan. They got Illinois. They got Purdue. So, the way that they're playing, it's a Tom Izzo team. He'll probably find a way to get them into March and a pretty high seed, but they don't look good right now, and there's a lot of concern there for East Lansing. Mississippi State. Mississippi State, uh, even though they lost to Drake last week, they're still 11-1, and so I think this team is proper, properly rated, and they'll be a, a top half of the SEC team. Yeah, Drake's 10-3. and three. So, you know, losing at Drake, obviously it's not ideal, but it's not like you lost to Eastern Illinois like Iowa did. So, you know, they still have a favorable season thus far. Their big challenge is going to be on the 28th um, this Wednesday, actually, or tomorrow, as this podcast is posted on Tuesday. They're facing Alabama. That's going to be a big challenge for them. They got Tennessee Ole Miss Georgia coming up. So getting some SEC games out of the way early on is going to be interesting to see. But I think this is a good team. I think this is probably a proper rating just because I don't know too much about Mississippi State basketball. But, um, yeah, we'll see moving forward, especially that big game against Alabama. Staying in the SEC, we have Missouri. All right, I think this team is overrated as well. Even though they, they demolished Illinois, they got killed by Kansas, and those are the only two games they played and like, good teams they played in the non-conference, so I'm not really buying it here. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say the same thing there. You talk about beating Illinois, which Illinois, to start the season, was obviously ranked a bit higher. They're now 8-4. and four. I feel like kind of in a similar position with Michigan State. Then they got absolutely throttled by Kansas. Um, you know, they started off the year, what, 8-0, 9-0. So they had a good run to start, and then they got throttled by Kansas. Did bounce back, but good couple matchups coming up. Kentucky and Arkansas, um, including at Arkansas. So they're going to learn, um, kind of see where Missouri's at as far as team play. But for a Missouri fan, you know, this has got to be big for them. They're fourth in the nation in points per game at 88.8. So their offense has been there. They're actually first in steals. First in the nation in steals at 12.8. So... Who knows? Um, they're playing great on offense, having the second overall offensive rating. Although they did get throttled by Kansas, that's really good, especially with all the college basketball teams that are there in you know uh, college. So I'm really curious to see where Missouri goes in the SEC, and this could be a sleeper team come March, especially with how well their offense has been playing. Xavier at number 22. Xavier is a sleeper in the Big East. Um, they lost to three good teams in Indiana, Duke, and Gonzaga, and they beat – West Virginia, Seton Hall, Georgetown. So I think this team is a sleeper in the Big East. Yeah, they're on a six-game winning streak. And you look at overall production 
Xavier's offensely are obviously being carried by their offense because their defense is 194th in the nation. But on the offensive side, 14th in points per game, fifth in three three point field goal percentage, fifth in total field goal percentage. So they've been shooting the ball lights out, which is big. Um, I wish to see their defense be a little more prevalent, especially when you get in some of these big East games where they're really defensive minded. But Xavier, once again, is a team that really can make some noise in the Big East and another one of those sleeper teams to really look at moving forward. USC at number 21. Uh, USC, I think this team is a little bit too high at 21. Uh, Their best win is against Auburn, and Auburn lost to Northwestern earlier. And I don't think Auburn's a great team either. Drew Peterson is a stud, but I think they'll end up making the tournament, but I don't think they're 21 in the nation. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, sitting at a 10-3 and record right now, uh, we mentioned some of their losses at Tennessee versus Wisconsin. Those were some big losses there. They also lost to Florida Gulf Coast to start the year, literally the first game at home. That's not a good way to start. And USC, you know, right now this is a probably not a good start, especially as you go into Pac-12 play. You look at some of the other Pac-12 teams, Arizona State, for example, UCLA, even Utah, um, and obviously contenders like Arizona and, um, you know, overall, the Pac-12 as a whole, it's a little bit concerning. I think they're a bit overrated. I don't think they deserve to be this high. You could make a case that they should be in the top 36, but definitely lower. Number 20. New Mexico, I'm buying the hype. 12-0, Jamal Masper, Jalen House, and Morris Udizzi are all averaging over 16 points a game. I'm buying the hype with New Mexico. Yeah, they're t- uh, they've – they're 12 and 0, obviously on a 12 game winning streak. Played relatively solid. You talked about some of the players there that's been key to their success. They've also, like I mentioned, or you mentioned, been lighting it up on the offensive side. Points per game, pace inside the top 20, which is obviously huge. But their defense, 41st. It's kind of interesting to see. You know, they're 12 and 0, but they have really good offense and really good defense. So they've been playing really, really fundamentally good basketball. Going into Mountain West play, you know, haven't played a conference game yet. See how they stack up with some of these teams like Boise State, Nevada, UNLV. Can they compete? And the Mountain West, in my opinion, is really wide open for the taking. So this could be an opportunity for New Mexico to get back into the big dance. The Duke Blue Devils at 19. Even though they lost to Wake Forest the other day, I like where they're at at 19. Uh, Philip Filikowski is a beast, and this team will, will most likely win the ACC. Nile. Obviously, with Coach K retiring, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment. Beat Iowa, which is obviously a big win for them. Duh. Uh, they lost to Purdue, so a little bit of a uh, down effect there. But overall, this is a good team, and uh, they're definitely going to be in March, probably atop the ACC or close to it, and uh, really curious to see how they play moving forward. Virginia at number 18. Virginia, this team had two losses last week that were close games to Miami, Florida, and Houston. Uh, I like them at 18. They're not great offensively, but Tony Bennett's defense is always there, so I like them at 18. Wisconsin, the Badgers, they're 9-2. and two. I like them at 17. That Matt Estrogen guy is pretty good. Or Connor Estrogen, he's a really good shooter. Good wins against USC, Iowa, and Maryland. I like this team at 17. 
Wisconsin, man, they're they're interesting to say the least. Defense has been huge for them. Um, they've been a big reason for their success, obviously. On the offensive side, too, you know, the big man that they got, um, they got a lot of good big mans, actually. Chucky Hepburn, Hepburn has been solid for them at the guard position. Um, we look at, you know, another guard, Essigen. Their guards have been playing phenomenal, especially going up against some of the Big Ten guards. It's going to be huge for them moving forward. Overall, relatively good start to the year. They're 2-0 and in conference play. You mentioned they beat Iowa. That was a big win. They beat Maryland. And moving forward, they got some big Big Ten matchups. So curious to see how this team moves. But this is definitely a tournament-caliber team. TCU at 16. I like TCU here. They had one bad loss earlier in the year, but Mike Miles is a beast. They beat Iowa. They beat Utah. And they're pretty much ready for Big 12 playing. I think they'll be in the top four in the uh, Big 12. Yeah, you mentioned those wins. They also beat Providence. That was a big win. So TCU overall is well-positioned to make some noise in the Big 12. You talk about some of the Big 12 contenders or just the Big 12 good teams in general, Kansas, Texas. You know, TCU, I think, deserves to be thrown right into that mix as well. And as we get into Big 12 play, again, you're going to learn a lot about them. But overall, they've been playing great on both sides of the basketball. They've played playing enough, and they're doing what they need to do. Um, I'm really excited to see them play overall, but defense is going to carry them as the Big 12 play moves forward. The Ohio State Buckeyes at 15. Ohio State should be around 30. They really haven't beaten anybody except for Rutgers and Texas Tech. But they lost to San Diego State, who's not even ranked anymore. Duke and North Carolina. So the big games, they don't really show up. So was it uh, San Diego State that was ranked like eight in the preseason uh, top one hundred or whatever? Was it San Diego State? Yeah, yeah. This is to show that that was stupid. Uh, but yeah, Ohio State sitting at the ranking that they're at right now. I mean, it shouldn't be this high. There's way better Big Ten teams than this. Ohio State is 8-3 and three in the year, but then again, you look at their non-conference schedule, and some of the wins are fine, but, you know, they lost to Duke. They lost to San Diego State. They lost to North Carolina. You know, they beat Rutgers by one. So is this team really compatible to make some noise in the Big Ten? I'm not so sure. I don't really buy the hype. They do have a really good offense, but defense is huge, and that's going to be huge for them as Big Ten play moves around, and I'm not expecting them to have as much success as some of the other teams, like we mentioned, Indiana and Rutgers. North Carolina at 14. North Carolina. They had a couple bad losses during the year, earlier in the year. They lost four in a row. But uh, they got Acott bat, and he's a stud. And this team is right where they should be. I bet they're going to go higher when they win a couple more games because they're clicking right now. Yeah, overall, they've had an interesting season. They've played really a really good non-conference schedule as far as overall. And, um, yeah, they have that one rough stretch, but it's important to get that out of the way in the early parts of the season, especially as you get towards the end of the season. But their last two games, big wins at Ohio State versus Michigan, two really reliable caliber teams in the Big Ten. So kind of got their, you know, repositioning. You know, in my opinion, the ACC is up for them. Um, it's up for their grabs. They got to play better defense. Though. Their defense has been horrible. 218th defensive rating in the nation. It's not going to cut it, especially when you come down to March. So we'll see how they play moving forward. Miami of Florida at the number 13 spot. I like them at 13 here. They beat Virginia last week. Uh, they also beat Rutgers. And they lost uh, – no, they beat Providence, but they lost to Maryland. Uh, the Maryland loss is 
pretty bad one, but uh, Isaiah Wong's a stud, and I think this team will finish in the top half of the ACC. Yeah, you look at, like, team stats, they're pretty much top 75-plus in everything. And there's no – I mean, there's obviously a correlation to that, why they're sitting at a 12-1 record right now. And you mentioned their one loss was to Maryland, a, you know, reliable team. Moving forward, I'm really curious to see how they'll fare in the ACC conference because they're going to go up against some schools like Duke, um, North Carolina, who, you know, obviously we mentioned is was faltering a little bit, but now is back in the right direction. And Clemson, who's also had a really good start to the year. So I, at the end of the year, you know, thought North Carolina up for the taking the ACC. I'm still guessing it'll probably be North Carolina or Duke, but team like Miami of Florida can definitely, you know, go into the mix. They're already 3-0 and in ACC conference play. Alabama at number 12. I like this Bama team, even though they had a t- double-digit loss to Gonzaga last week in Birmingham. But uh, this team should finish in the top three in the SEC, and they should be a two-seed in all said and done. Yeah, the big thing for them um, is their size. They're huge at all positions, but they're very athletic as well. They're first in the nation in rebounds, averaging 44.2 rebounds a game. Um, that's going to be huge. Tied second in offensive rebounds, second chance points. Got tremendous amount of shooting, got tremendous amount of defense. You look at some guys for Alabama like Brandon Miller or even Mark Sears, two really good shooters, having big men in the paint to get your offensive rebounds um, and, you know, you know, refeed them and, and get more points is going to be huge in the SEC conference. So I'm really liking this Alabama team. You mentioned a two seed. I would expect them to be at least a two, maybe even, uh, you know, a three seed, but uh, potentially a one seed, depending on how the season goes along. But for sure, a three or two, it definitely is the most likely for Alabama. Tennessee sticking in the SEC conference at numero 11. I think this Tennessee team is too low. Uh, I'm, I really like this Foles team. Their two losses, Colorado and at Arizona. I watched the Arizona game. That LJ Ziegler dude is a beast. The Vols defense is good. They're they they have shooters all around. I think this is a very good Tennessee team. Yeah, they're second in the nation in defensive rating at seventy seven point seven. So that of itself speaks volumes. Um, having good defense, especially in the SEC conference. Beat USC, beat Kansas. Those are some big wins there. Beat Maryland um, on the road by three, which is not an easy place to play. Did lose to Arizona too, but they only lost by five. So this Tennessee team, where they're sitting right now at a 10-2 record, I think this is honestly a proper rating or potentially should be inside the top 10. So if you're a Tennessee Vols fan, you're really looking forward to the future. Baylor Bears at number 10. Baylor, this is a great team. They have three guys averaging over 14 points a game. They beat UCLA. I like this Baylor team. Yeah, Baylor's obviously very interesting, you know, game in and game out. Keontae George has been phenomenal for them. Baylor's played great on both sides. I like to see them get a little bit more defense production, but their three-point shooting's been lethal. They're averaging eight per game, and uh, they're shooting the three ball very well. Again, some of these Big 12 shootouts are going to come down to who can score more points. And Baylor right now seems to be the team of the Big 12 that can do a lot of that. And so, you know, they've been there before. They can easily go back to March and win it all again. So we'll see how they play moving forward. And speaking of the Big 12, we got Texas at number nine. Texas is going to win the Big 12. I think they're the best team in the Big 12, even though they had a bad loss to Illinois. Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter are very good. 
every everything is going good for them except for their coach because uh, he had a little bit of an issue. But I like this Texas team. Yeah, uh, their coach has has been dealing with some stuff, but Texas overall has been playing really well. They beat Gonzaga early in the year. That was obviously a big win for them. Um, Gonzaga was number two at the time. Their only loss you mentioned was Illinois in the Jimmy V Classic, and they honestly they only lost by seven. So in my opinion, it wasn't necessarily a bad loss, but it still was a loss to a team that was ranked way below them. So I think that's where some skepticism is there, but they are probably the favorites or Kansas to win the Big 12, and the way that they've been playing this season, as long as they get their coach situation under control, uh, they're a team that can really make some noise in March. Gonzaga at number eight. I think this Gonzaga team is a little bit overrated at eight. I think they should be around 12. But uh, this team is good. They're going to win the WCC. Drew Timmy's a beast. This team will get a three-seed or two-seed. In in the tournament, probably win two games and – Losing the Sweet 16. Yeah, Gonzaga, a 10-3 record right now. I guess to start the season, not a typical Gonzaga start. Their losses, though, this season have been really good. Well, they've lost to Texas on the road, which was obviously a big game. They lost to Purdue, and then they also lost to Baylor. So those three teams, those three losses right there, you want to win at least one of those to prove that you can beat a team like that. But obviously, Drew Timmy and that Gonzaga team is still really solid. I think the biggest storyline with Gonzaga is just the emergence of the WCC. Santa Clara, San Francisco, St. Mary's, BYU, in my opinion, all have a good chance to do really well in this conference. It can all seek into the postseason. So it's been really good for them to kind of see the production and I guess the growth of that conference as a whole. But Gonzaga is going to get to the tournament, obviously. They're going to be a really high seed and they will potentially make a run for it. Mark Few is going to get his boys right and uh, get Gonzaga back on track. Arkansas at number seven. I like this Arkansas team. Uh, Nick Smith Jr. was a big loss for them, but they're 11-1 and with a loss to Creighton, and Creighton's a pretty good team. Um, they're going to be probably top three in the SEC, and they'll be at two-seed two come tournament time. Yeah, you mentioned Nick Smith Jr. That was obviously a big loss for them. They're on a seven-game winning streak. Defense has been huge for them, ninth in defensive rating, which is obviously good. Offense pretty good, too, you know, in the top 50 as far as points per game, field goal percentage inside the top 25. So there's no – well, there is a reason why they're ranked number seven in this ranking. They are sitting at the top technically the SEC conference, even though there has been no conference games played. But you look at some of these teams in the SEC conference, they have obviously a good chance to make some noise moving forward and, um, you know, really be a team that potentially makes a run to the Final Four. Um, after that big win against Gonzaga, was it last year? Do you know? Do you remember? Was it... Uh, yeah, it was last year. So, you know, riding that momentum moving forward, the Hogs seem to be uh, going in the right direction. Houston at number six. I like where they're at here. They're a really good defensive team. And, you know, they have a shot to host a Final Four, which is pretty impressive. That'd be cool. Yeah, you know, Houston, they – I mean – I thought it was a little bit excessive the way that they kind of were ranked to start the season. It's not that I don't think Houston's good, but their really big test so far in this non-conference or even their schedule was Alabama, and they lost. Now, they only lost by six. They didn't get blown out or anything like that, but I feel like that would have been a really big statement win for them to really prove that they're you know top-notch. Um, and one of the reasons why I say that is because the AAC conference, 
it's not typically great. And that's an opportunity for Houston, obviously, to win this conference, but to kind of have that big win that, okay, you know, we beat this team, we beat Bama, and, um, you know, we progressed forward in the right direction. But it just was a little bit concerning. I'm not saying they're not bad, but I, I don't know. They, they scare me just a little bit. And that'd be cool to host their Final Four, by the way. At number five. The Bruins, uh, they're too high at five. I think they should be around 10. Uh, they did lose to Illinois and Baylor earlier in the year, but they did kill Maryland, and they beat Kentucky by double, gi- double digits. Jaime Hawkes and Tiger Campbell are studs, but I think this team should be around the 10 spot. Yeah, I would agree five is a little bit too high of a ranking. I think 10 spots a more appropriate spot. The important thing for them is they've been playing both really good offense and defense. Their offensive rating is 18th in the nation, and their defensive rating is 24th. And going up against some of these teams in the Pac-12, they're already sitting with a 2-0 record. I'm really curious to see how they fare against some of these other teams like we mentioned. Coming up for them, they got Wazoo, Washington, USC, Utah. So some challenges there. Um, But UCLA, ASU... Utah, for that matter, um, you know, are really contenders, I think, to win the Pac-12 this year. So we'll see. UCLA, not too long ago, made the Final Four. But um, I don't know. They're a team that I feel like will get into March and just from their nature of being a program that they are potentially come back to win it all. Kansas at number four. Uh, sitting at 11-1 with one lot. Their one loss being the Tennessee. They beat Duke, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Mizzou by 30. Uh, this team is the favorite to win the Big 12, but I don't think they will. I think Texas will win the Big 12, but this team will definitely get a two seed come tournament time. Yeah, obviously Kansas coming off that NCAA championship last year. They were riding a lot of momentum. They've obviously been playing great. They won against Duke, which is a big win for them. They beat NC State, Wisconsin. No, they did lose to Tennessee, which was their one loss, but Playing on the road at SEC school is not the easiest thing in the world. They're going to lose games like that. I mean, rarely you see a team go undefeated. You know, this season, uh, Texas, Baylor, Kansas, your typical teams to win the Big 12. But don't sleep on teams like TCU or Kansas State as well. I do think Kansas is good enough to win it all, but we'll see as we uh, progress moving forward. Moving into the top three with number three, Arizona. Arizona, I like. I would like them at like four or five, but... They do have a very good front court in Umar Balo and Tubelis. I think they combined average like 40 points a game. But they have a huge test going down to Tempe, Arizona, ASU. <laughs> and ASU is going to pull off the upset. And then they're going to be sitting at 1-2 and two in the Pac-12. You said you're not going to that game, right? Or are you? I'm not going to that game, unfortunately, but... I would you'll want be, it because it would be the best game in Arizona State history. Yeah, I'm guessing you'll find a way to watch it and, and whatever. But that's going to be a big challenge for them going in-state to Arizona State University. Talk about their front court. Second in the nation in points per game. First in field goal percentage. I mean, talk about points right there. That's huge. True shooting percentage, also first in the country. Defense, sitting at 136. And she can score in the way that they've been scoring. You don't really need defense. And you mentioned big challenge against ASU. Talking about ASU and Iowa not being in this ranking, ASU should be. And if they're able to beat Arizona at home, I definitely think they should get more credit than they've been getting. They already should get more credit than they've been getting. But that would be a big challenge for them. So that's going to be a fun game to watch. I know I'm going to be watching it. I'm sure you're going to be. So that's going to be a big game for both sides. Yep. UConn at number two. 
you know, I like the Huskies here. They are undefeated at 13 and 0. Dan Hurley's job. Sinogu's a beast, and I like them at number two here. They they will win the Big East. I think Creighton will get second in the Big East because they struggled without their big man for a little bit. But UConn, they're the best team in the Big East. UConn's interesting. I don't know how I feel about UConn. I'm just kidding. They're 13-0, and and, I mean, obviously, they're insane. They've been playing great on both sides. You mentioned they're 13-0. and That's obvious, just the way that they've been playing in that aspect. But moving forward, as they get into conference play, how effective are they going to be? I think they're going to be really solid. They're a really good team, and they're just waiting to kind of reclaim the number one spot. feels like forever ago when UConn beat Kentucky in the national championship game. Not so long ago. Well, I guess so long ago. And they have a chance to once again be right back in the mix for a national championship, especially with the way that they've been playing this season. Overall, there's a lot of you know noise and hype surrounding them, and I think it's well-deserved. I'm really curious to see this UConn team play. And finally, the number one team in the nation, Purdue. They deserve to be here. Zach Eadie's a beast. His team is 12-0 with wins against Gonzaga, Duke, West Virginia at Nebraska. This team deserves to be number one. They are the clear-cut best team in the country. I've been kind of waiting for Purdue to just break out in the scene. Not that I don't think they're good, but they've been building. Zach Eadie's really started to develop into a more prolific big man threat, and um, that's been huge for their success. But don't forget about their guard play and the way they've been able to play both sides of the ball really efficiently. They've been number one for a period of time now. Obviously, they're undefeated. They're sitting in a really good position, and I'm really excited to see how they fare in the Big Ten play. Hopefully, a team like Iowa can uh, you know knock them off. But at this rate, in my opinion, the Big, Tw- the Big Ten is up for their taking. It's just a matter of how they're going to play. But this is a team that, once again, can uh, potentially get that number one overall seed in the tournament and make a run at the national championship because this is the year for the Purdue Boilermakers boiler to do that. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. Thank you, Levi, for coming on once again for another college basketball rendition. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value you do not want to miss. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, joined by Levi Graham. Take care and good night. Peace.